Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various aspects of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane coming to you live from Nashville. Mm. But not and really I'm live. Live from Mount Vernon. But not Ohio. really. Live. No, this is live. Robert's part's recording. My part's live. That's what makes it a really interesting <laughs> show. But today we get into Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 through 30. So we're continuing continuing our march through Philippians. Glad you guys can tune in. We're also going to talk about how um, Robert has interestingly interestingly met several SBC famous SBC pastors. Yeah, we're we're all basically best friends now. We're on a Slack channel uh, and we're all planning on getting together on Switchbeats. <laughs> Going really well. It's beautiful, beautiful, sunny Nashville. Coming I'm to you live from Nashville. <laughs> I'm recording from, to do the Abbolder thing this yeah. morning. I'm recording from Nashville, Tennessee. Tennessee. I'll see you tomorrow for the briefing. For the briefing. Uh, Nashville, you guys are doing some country music tour. Yeah, that's right? what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Very excited about that. Give, give the listeners a little, uh, music little foretaste there of the... Um, twang um yeah i'm not sure i'm gonna be able to do that <laughs> we did go out to eat last night though at a, a little joint called puckett's and Excuse me. <laughs> and uh it's a, a kind of like a southern style restaurant and they had some live music and dude i'm telling you swing a dead cat in any direction as ted cluck would say and you are going to hit a very talented musician singing yeah. live at a restaurant and i've heard about that dude Nashville, which we were awesome. just walking up and down the streets and every place has like their their windows open kind of like those big window type things that mm-hmm. just go open for nice days they all had that and there was live music and the guy's like talking like yeah he's kind of introing the next song and then starts singing and i'm like dude that that guy can sing and he's playing guitar <laughs> great and then walk another block and same thing like oh my word and then we get to where we're uh-huh. where we're going and the guy was a ton of fun and had a great time we got a video of finley having a great time with it like he even did yeah. something with the wiggles and so finley of course loved that so very very impressive individuals down here when it comes to music but that's not why we're down here it's not it's not believe it or not well, hold on i want i want okay. to stop there for just a quick okay, second okay, i don't, okay, don't okay. want to prolong this but how discouraging like if you're an artist you're a musician you're like maybe i'm going to nashville i'm gonna make it big yeah and you show up <laughs> like people with your caliber of talent and ability, which is high. Yeah. Or a dime a dozen. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh. And I don't know if, if he was just saying it, because um, the guy last night at our place where we were eating, he's from Australia. Mm-hmm. And he is, he said that he sold the house, they sold their cars so that they could move out here to Nashville, try and make the dream yeah. come true. And um, he's already, like, he's got a decent following on social media. He's got like over 15,000 followers. So in my mind, that's pretty big. But, and he toured with Not Alan Jackson pod here but oh yeah, yeah certainly not of course of course of course <laughs> um <laughs> but he toured with alan jackson and did some some stuff like that and he sold everything to come out here and i'm like dude you're wildly talented but on on my way walking over here i heard like six other people who are that way and so i'm thinking to myself man that that would just be tough to to have this dream and to know that you're talented you're you're incredibly talented and then to just go be dropped into a place where there are thousands of other incredibly talented people just like you. That would be tough. I, I, I agree. It would be tough. <laughs> what are you looking at? I see you looking out your the, window. The two boys are playing outside, and Candace came in for a minute, 
And we'll have like this little foam baseball bat. She just swings and just jacks his brother with it. No. And I'm just, and Levi just like looks at him, just starts crying. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> no. He like waited, little, just this just in. Like Will waited for Candace to like go in, like looked around and just swung and hit him. Whacked him. Is that going to be anyway. a, a moment of discussion later? Yeah. Lots of those. Anyway, <laughs> yes, I would agree with you with everything you said. I brought it up. You concluded my thoughts. Sorry about that, Robert. It would be frustrating. I think about that with seminary. Like guys who are like, yeah. man, you grew up in the church, like, oh, you're a gifted teacher, communicator, yada, yada. You go to these like big seminaries, there's like thousands of guys. You're like, oh, so there's like a lot of these guys out here. Dude, that is That's one cool. of the primary <laughs> reasons. One, if you're really interested in like theological stuff, I think you should take some classes. But whether you do or you don't, I think it's just so important for guys to get into a physical classroom yeah to be able to know that hey there are 30 40 other people in here that are smarter than you and so like these strong (laughs) convictions that you have these guys have already thought through and they maybe they're on the same side as you maybe they're not but just because they're not on the same side it doesn't mean they haven't thought through it you should actually dialogue with some of these cats yeah and so that that's what i experienced when i went to southern i thought oh i already know a lot of this stuff and literally within the first semester i learned more in that first semester than i thought i was going to my entire time there yeah and so it's very it's incredible humbling you don't realize how much you don't know until you start studying the stuff you don't know that's even the thing like with with preaching in the local church can be a little bit difficult with is like when you're people give you encouragement and and, which is like needed and right and good but you you kind of have to hold that in somewhat intention you don't want to like just say oh they don't know what they're talking about because they've never been formally trained to preach but you also can't just say oh like the people in my church love me i must be something special yeah um so it's attention there but anyway having said all that you are down in nashville for the southern baptist convention you um doing your legislative duties as a messenger that's from right. citizens church and how's it going that's right dude i'm loving it it's actually awesome some people are like hey like don't take like don't worry if you feel like this is a dumpster fire like just yeah in, just see the good things that the nomination is doing these days can be kind of discouraging and dude i'm going in there i'm loving it i'm like this is great people are openly disagreeing and arguing but it's done in like a, a pretty loving way yeah everyone's and, going out for drinks afterwards <laughs> yeah right um no uh, a lot of a lot of Southern Baptists, and most of them do not have the same opinion on drinking that we do. Yes. And even if they do have the same opinion, some of them, like myself, may not be allowed. Mm-hmm. So all that to say, I've been loving it, and yes, uh, I've been loving like I've got my little ballot thing. I'm holding it up to vote on these different things and voting on an amendment or voting on a resolute. Like I really enjoy it. Um, I could see how some people wouldn't, but this has been yeah. a ton of fun for me. Okay. Glad you're enjoying it. I'm glad it's two days. Like, it's not like four days yeah. where it, it gets kind of like, okay, this is this is a bit much. So. Yeah. I'd be fine if it was four days, though. But Good. Well, good. Some people would not. Yes. All that to say, Rick, the listeners didn't come to hear about me spending maybe time they, in Nashville. Maybe they did. Kind of doubt it. Maybe they kinda did. Kind of doubt it. Anyways. Um, so anyway, we are jumping into Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 through 30. Uh, today, and so this is a passage of, as we've been walking through Philippians, and something else I've been saying. We we are uh, thoroughly enjoying this. Um, but if people do have questions or comments or things they they want us to cover, please by all means send those in. Yeah. Um, so check that out. That's a great way to communicate with us. If you go to any of the social medias or most of them, or you can email us. Rob checks the voicemail occasionally, so you can from run time that to time. Just go to some of the other So you can, you stay can find tuned to the there. end of the episode to figure out 
how to leave us an email. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay, so this is Philippians chapter two, verses nineteen through thirty. Now I hope in the Lord to send I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be encouraged by news about you, for I have no one else like minded who will genuinely care about your interests. All seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know his you know his proven character because he has served with me in the gospel ministry like a son with a father. Therefore, I hope to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. I am confident in the Lord that I myself will also come soon. But I consider it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, as well as your messenger and minister to my need, since he has been longing for all of you and was distressed because you heard that he was sick. Indeed, he was sick. He was so sick that he nearly died. However, God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, so that I would not have sorrow upon sorrow. For this reason, I am very eager to send him, so that you may receive, so that you may rejoice, excuse me, so that you may rejoice again when you see him, and I may be less anxious. Therefore, welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and hold people like him in honor, because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up what was lacking in your ministry to me. Mm. So this is this passage right at the end of chapter 2, and it feels kind of like put in the middle of like this weird section, because the previous verses, Paul's talking about suffering, he's talking about rejoicing, um, whether he's, he's kind of is killed for the faith or doesn't get out of prison, like to rejoice. And then he tells the church to then rejoice, um, yeah. this idea of being lights in the world. And then he jumps into this kind of like this portion about travel and some travel arrangements and why he's sending who he's sending. Um, it's important to, for some contextual information here. I, we believe the church in Philippi was expecting Paul to come. So they're expecting to, to send Epaphroditus, send him with uh, the financial support, and then, t then Paul would come to Philippi to minister to, to the church. Well, one, we know he's in prison. He's not able to get to do that. So, so he sends back Epaphroditus, right? And he sends that with this encouragement, like, trust the Lord. This brother has suffered greatly. Honor him, you know, respect him. And then he says, hey, Timothy's coming as well. Like, as soon as I figure out what's going to happen with me, Timothy's coming. So you see him, like, addressing the concerns. The church is knows it's in need of some encouragement, and Paul's working to arrange that. In this passage, uh, they call it the Paul's travelogue, if you will, because it's mostly about like travel, who's going to go where, and how uh, it's all going to work out. But it feels clunky because you're in the middle of these Philippians, and then he kind of gets up to this thing about travel. Yeah, it seems like a, a strange thing to throw in there. Um, but so, so just a little bit of context: Rick and the church that he leads, Proclamation Church, uh, they are going through the Book of Philippians, and so mm. oftentimes, as we go through this, it's a passage that Rick has preached. Not every mm. time, because uh, Rick believes in plurality of elders, and they share the preaching load. Not that you have to share the preaching load if you're in a plurality of elders, but that's kind of our disposition. And so oftentimes, many of these Rick has preached, and Rick, you did preach this passage, correct? I did, correct. All right, All right so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be de deferring to you a lot. Mm. So I have some notes here, um, but I just want to, I'll share a little yeah. bit of things that I have and then um, kind of lean on you a lot. So 
one of the things just in the first few verses there, 19 through 24, is that we see Timothy as an example of mm-hmm. service-centered life. Um, yes. That's what the, the ESV study Bible says, and just point out that Timothy emulates Christ in that he is concerned for the Philippians' welfare. He does mm-hmm. not look out for his own interests, but for those of Christ. And as I was looking at that, verse 21, um, for they all seek their own interests. If you mm-hmm. then look just a little bit further up in the same chapter, verses 3 through 4, mm-hmm. Paul says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Verse 4, let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. And so now we see in verse 21, for they all, these other people, seek their own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. But he's making the point that Timothy does not seek his own interests first. He seeks the interests of others, and in so doing, he seeks the interests of Jesus Christ. Because when we seek the interests of others, of other believers, what we're doing is we're seeking the interests of the body of Christ. And so if I seek the interest, if I lay down my own preferences and I lay down my own interests, not to say that I completely forget them, but if I consider others more important than myself, and what I am doing is I am saying that the body of Christ is more important than my own personal preferences. And so what we see is Paul saying Timothy is an example of this, of someone who is not concerned necessarily for his own interests only, but more so concerned for the interests of Christ and his body. Amen. So, Rick. Yeah. Yes. Did you have something you wanted to add on there? I want to make that point, and then I want to ask you a question. Ask ask away. Okay. So, this passage, mm-hmm. so you and I um, have similar approaches to the text for the most part, and that we try to kind of find what the main point of the text is, and then preach that main point. That would be expositional. So when it comes to that, what would mm-hmm. you say as you were preparing for this message and as you were delivering it to the congregation at Proclamation, what would you say is the main point of this passage, Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 through 30? Yeah, so I would say the main point is about sacrifice for the kingdom. Uh, those who give to the kingdom, sacrifice for the kingdom, um, are sacrificing for Christ. So... As we see, Paul's sacrificing in prison, so he's sacrificing for the church. He's sending Timothy. Timothy's sacrificing convenience, all these things, to go serve in Philippi. The church in Philippi is sacrificing to send Epaphroditus with a financial gift to the people. And then Epaphroditus sacrifices much, being very sick, goes to the point of death. And then Paul's writing back to the church in Philippi, addressing this, continuing this idea of sacrifice, that it's not just financial, rather, but to sacrifice um, your your pride. And again, the theme of Philippians is this idea of unity and, and humility. Right, so he's lovingly encouraging the church. There's some strife. There's some false teaching. He's saying, "Be humble and seek to sacrifice." Hmm. Um, so that the, the I pulled out one of our core values, uh, which is sacrificial generosity, and we we define that as giving away the resources you can't afford to lose, so others may know and experience the love of Christ. Hmm. And so that's kind of what we see happening here. I mean, I wouldn't say kind of. That is what's happening. People would say, Tim, the church of Philippi, they can't afford. It's a, you know, they can't afford." 
afford to, to give this kind of money, let alone send someone to, to transport that because they couldn't do a bank wire. It's a Western Union, right? <laughs> so Venmo. They had to, Just they, cash they, out. Exactly. Cash couldn't Venmo. Ball. I'm even like a generation behind. <laughs> Who uses Western <laughs> Union? That's right. They can't, <laughs> they can't Venmo or Apple Pay or whatever. So they, um, this idea like to great sacrifice, but they believed that it was for the good uh, of the church and for, you know, for others that they're doing this. So we see this pattern throughout this passage. Um, a couple things that I, some points that I pulled out as I was preaching, um, is I just began right with, with verse 19. It says, now I hope in the Lord Jesus. And he goes on to say, to send Timothy to you soon, I may be encouraged by the news about you. Um, and this idea that humility is necessary for hope. Mm. So Paul's hope, he's in prison. He's going to send like his, man, his, literally his probably closest friend and confidant, right-hand man, Timothy, to the church. He's sending first Epaphroditus, co-worker, brother, co-laborer, right? So he, his hope is in the message of the gospel. And he has to be humble to, to say, like, I don't need these brothers. Like, I need them, but Christ will satisfy. Christ will meet those needs. My hope is in him, but that requires great humility on Paul's part to do that. Yeah. Um, and then as, as you point out in verse 21, and then going back to verse 3 and 4 of chapter 2, and how there is this call for um, just we would say, to be a person of character. That's that's Paul's, um, as he introduces and, and shares about Timothy coming, like he's sharing Timothy's character. Like he is proven to be um, a man of character. Not just, you know, he's moral, but he's, he's faithful, he's godly, he's consistent. And we would say that character, and it's required for gospel influence. Yeah. So Timothy could have... Or Paul could have sent someone else who was um, loud or who was well-spoken or who could get things done. But he didn't say that. He, I mean, he said, I'm sending Timothy. Um, there's reasons for that. He's genuinely care about, he's going to genuinely care about your interests. Yeah, right? that's good. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I, I'm not like a huge quote guy in my sermons, not yet anyway, maybe down the road. Some guys have like a quote for every every point. I'm just not that good. I but I did have a John a John Wooden quote. I thought about John um, Wooden. So, Pastor so what you're Mark, saying is, is Mark you're, Glenn. You're not typically a quote guy, and the time that you do pull out a quote, you pull out a quote from a, a basketball coach. Right. I'm digging it. Okay, keep Mark, going. Mark Glenn would be proud of me. Yeah, he would. But his his quote is uh, talking about character. He says, "Be more concerned with your character than your reputation." Did you get that from his be, commentary on Philippians? No. Oh, okay. Uh, be more concerned with your character than your reputation, because your character is what you really are, mm. while your reputation is merely what others think you are. Mm. And there's, for everyone, there is a, a difference. Uh, hopefully it's slight between your reputation and your character. And Paul's admonition here is Timothy is a man of character. So I'm sending him to help lead and encourage and build up the church there. Um, and that's what the church uh, needed. You yeah, know, as we good. get into chapter 3 and chapter chapter 4, really, we're going to see some issues of division in the church that Paul is alluding to here in chapter 2. Yeah, I don't know who, yeah. who the John Wooden guy is, but it sounds like he's going to do some big things. So, You know, he's just an up-and-coming basketball coach. I think he's at like a... Junior college at the moment. Okay. But. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's he's got some good quotes. Whoever he is, he wrote so, some books. Good for I him. I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyways, so um, we, we saw that first half there where Paul yeah. is saying Timothy's a man of character. He will look out for your interest mm-hmm. um, and therefore look out for the interest of Christ. And then we see on the second half here, which you've already alluded to, Epaphroditus, who mm-hmm. is another example of service. Epaphroditus being sent to Paul, um, I believe from this Philippian church. Is that right? Correct. Um, and so Epaphroditus being sent is obviously looking out for Paul's interests, not his own. Mm-hmm. And then Epaphroditus gets sick. He nearly dies for the sake of the gospel. And Paul is now getting ready to send him back um, to the the Philippians here. And, and just one thing to, to note is that in verse 27, Paul says, Indeed, he was ill, near to death, but God had mercy on him. And not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. You see that right in the middle of the verse, but God had mercy on him. It reminds me of the but God that we see in Ephesians 2, where we see um, Paul talking about how we are dead in sin, but God. And yes, 100%, if Epaphroditus would have died, it would have been better for him to be with Christ. Um, But it's also not a bad thing to to pray that God would provide healing and to pray that God would show mercy, physically speaking, so that... Um, they would have extended life. And even Paul says that had Epaphroditus died, he would have experienced sorrow upon sorrow, which he's mentioned in other places, grace upon grace. Mm-hmm. But in this instance, he says sorrow upon sorrow, exceeding sorrow. Yeah. He, was, he so loved Epaphroditus as a friend and as a confidant and as a fellow co-worker in the gospel that had Epaphroditus died, he would have had sorrow upon sorrow. And so it's, it's not a bad thing. Sometimes we can think like, oh, it's better to be with Christ. And yes, like the Lord's providence, yeah. like maybe, maybe I shouldn't pray for healing because what if it's the Lord's will that it doesn't heal? Like, let's pray for the Lord's will to be done. Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. We pray for the Lord's will to be done. But do not feel like you are out of step with the will of God to pray for the healing of someone who needs that kind of prayer. And absolutely, do not feel like you're out of step if it perhaps maybe it is God's will to take that person and you do feel sorrow upon sorrow. It's okay to feel sorrow upon sorrow. So yes. I wanted to, to point that out. Now, now, Rick, when it comes to your sermon, mm-hmm. you said, did I hear you right earlier when you said you had three points? You did. Okay. That was correct. What you said, you already gave us your main overall overarching point. Yeah. What are your three points to support that? Well, I've worked Worked them in a little bit. So I, I know you have, but I want to make the them first one now. is just that humility is necessary for hope. Uh, that if we are t- we're to be a hopeful people and a hope filled people, um, but that requires us to be humble. Requires us to to really understand the position we're in. That Christ will will meet all of our needs, and that we can trust Him for that, and that creates humility. The second point uh, is that character is required for gospel influence. Mm-hmm. So, as as Timothy, as Paul is writing to the church, he's saying, "Okay, I'm going to send you Timothy." Right? Well, for us in 2021, the information that he's sending Timothy, like that's not going to change anything for us, but it does change why he explains why I sent Timothy. Okay, here's why I'm sending Timothy. He's a man of character. He's a man of faithfulness. Um, he, so that the fact that he's going to go there and he's going to have gospel influence is because he is a man of character. Yeah. Uh, and then the third thing, and this is um, as he's talking about Epaphroditus and his sacrifice, is that sacrifice requires love. Right? So both all three of these men and the church in Philippi display great sacrifice um, in that if you're going to be someone who's going to sacrifice, not just, hey, I'll give you an extra 20 bucks or, um, you know, here's some money or let me help you carry a box, but like you're going to sacrifice for the church or for another brother and sister in Christ, that requires love. Yeah. And this is one of the things going back to 
to uh, the previous verse in chapter 2 that he talks about you will shine like stars, right? That, that set the, the church apart from the culture. The culture, non-unbelievers are willing to, to make um, some sacrifices, but up to a, to a point, right? Up to a spot where it's okay, now it's a little bit uncomfortable or it's uneasy. And even in those sacrifices, and people might say this is um, too harsh, but even in their sacrifice, there's selfish motives there. So I want to feel better about myself. I want to do good things and be a good person. I want others to think I'm a good person, right? Yep. Whereas for Christians, and this, this what Paul and Timothy and Epaphroditus and the Church of Philippi are all modeling, is out of great love for these men and for these brothers and sisters, they are sacrificing greatly. Um, and, and with that, like as believers, we live in America. Uh, I do, you do, most of I think our listeners do. And we live in the West where we have a lot of um, abundance. And so asking ourselves, man, what, what's it look like to sacrifice? What, what's that mean for me? Um, and one of the things I, I kind of tell our people, whether it's your time or your money, your money, your finances, or your, your energy, your giftings, I just say like you should, you should give up to the point where it starts to hurt and some past, hmm. right? You should feel it. Yeah. When, when you, when you, the fact that you tithe, give your offering to the church, you should feel that. Yeah. That should be like, dang, I can, like, that's noticeable. Like, that's a chunk of your budget. Yep. Um, now, that doesn't have to be 10%. That could be 25% or that could be 5%. Yep. That's between you and the Lord. But it has to, it should hurt. Um, doesn't mean you're, you know, not paying your mortgage or, or not taking care of your children or paying your doctor's bills so that you can give 15% or 10% or 8%. Yeah. But that should be the priority to give till it hurts in some past. Yeah, that's good. I think about so, how the Philippian church gave Epaphroditus. And Paul talks about how Timothy will look out for your interests rather than his own. And the Philippian church looking out for their interests rather than, or Paul's interests rather than their own by sending Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus looking out for Paul's interests rather than his own by going. And then Paul looking out for the Philippians church interests rather than his own by sending back Epaphroditus who he loves. And Epaphroditus right. being the guy who gets tossed back and forth here, he again lays his interests aside and goes to the Philippians. And so we see a lot of this taking place and Paul just pointing it out. This is what yeah. it looks like to to be a body. This is what it looks like to be fellow followers of Christ, is that we look out for the interests of others. And that, that's all rooted, Rick, in what you were talking about in this brotherly love. So, yeah. and, and you see going. something with Epaphroditus that's interesting. He, you know, I don't know like what his ambitions were, but if you wanted to do anything like church-wise and kind of grow and mature, like you would want to, you would have wanted to be with Paul. Yeah. Right. Now, there probably were other teachers, and there were some heretics and stuff. But like, if you're following Christ, you're with Paul. Like, so the fact that he's with Paul, he's with Timothy, serving, he's there, and he's like, man, I, I long to be with my church family. Hmm. I long to be back with my brothers and sisters in Philippi. Like, yeah. That's a huge statement. Yeah. Like he's saying, like that that there's the opportunity, the platform uh, to be something, to be someone, so to speak. And you know, two thousand years ago, Epaphroditus was not thinking, oh, I'm just going to serve the church in this way, and then then all the churches throughout the next, you know, the whole church age are going to read my name. Right? He wasn't thinking that at all. He just like, hey, I, I want to serve my local church. I want to be back with with the people. So. A good little um, encouragement for us yeah. I think, to, to pursue uh, and love and contend for the local church. Yeah, amen. All right, man. Um, any concluding thoughts on the passage? Have no, you been I able to hear the music in the background? I'm sitting in the convention hall right no. now, and I can see the 
like main order business going on on a TV because they broadcast it throughout. Yeah. But there, there's a decent. You're amount not of in there voting. On. There, there's only a couple things they're voting on right now. And oh. I, I, the thing that I'm interested in is in the afternoon, so we'll be gone. I won't be able to be there for that. Yeah. So yeah, but I'm surprised you can't hear the music. It's decently yeah, loud. I can't. Maybe the recording you could, but I yeah, can't we'll right see. Now. We'll see. Um, hey, have you seen any famous people? Any spottings of? <laughs> Famous people? I, yeah, so I, I I I saw I saw Al. Um, Big Al. Big Al. I didn't get to talk to him or anything like that. Got to talk to Mark Dever for a little bit, so that was fun. Got to. What did you say to him? I Hi. just spoke with him about a, a local guy here in Columbus that um, he knows, and so I just wanted mm. to let him. Wanted to thank him for um, the influence that he's had on him because it's been a blessing to to me and and to Columbus. So yeah. just thank him for that. Um, and then. Ran into Matt Chandler on accident. We went so to know, Nine Marks at Nine last literally night. Literally ran into him? Oh, okay. Literally, yeah. Um, and afterward, Danielle comes up to me. She's like, hey, somebody, um, as I was waiting by the exit door, like waiting for you to, to get your stuff, because I went up to the front to see if there were any books, which there weren't. They were picked over real quick. But I got up there and not, I started. That's not sacrificial, people. Yeah, come on, people. And Danielle's like, yeah, like everyone's squeezing by and someone like, um, kind of like grabbed my arms and said like, hey, excuse me, sorry, I'm going to get through here. And she's like, and I looked and it was Matt Chandler. And I'm like, are you serious? She's like, yeah, because so I didn't, I didn't expect to see Matt Chandler at nine marks at nine. You um, just let Matt Chandler put his hands on your wife? Is that how that goes? <laughs> don't think it was like that. <laughs> and, <laughs> okay, um, okay. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. And then um, on our way out, he is walking past and she's like, there he is. And I, and I look up and like we make eye contact and I just like uh, smile at him and nod. And he comes up and says, hey, man. And like walks past me and gives me a little upper outer thigh slash butt tap. So yeah. Matt he was Chandler. going for like a cheek lift, wasn't he? Dude, I, he was I, <laughs> stand up guy, stand up guy, made eye contact with me and gave me a, a nice encouraging pat. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Uh, here's the question: What's that? He's a, he's a tall guy, right? He is tall. He's not as tall as I. So I had seen him. I've seen him live before. Um, I think he's like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, but maybe it was just because other people were walking around. Maybe because he was, I don't know. He didn't seem as tall as I had remembered him, but he's, he's still tall. He's our, still like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, I think. favorite Al, Big Al, Col- Big Al Culberson. Oh, yeah. But Al's, Alan's 6'2", so 6'4". Yeah, yeah. Same I'd high. say Chandler's about that tall. Yeah. I could be wrong. So he had know. to kind of like bend over a little bit to like swatch you on the behind. Yeah, he did actually. He did yeah. bend over because <laughs> yeah. he was getting ready to go up the steps, and so he like kind of did one of those like athletic like lower like you're gonna run, and yeah. he like went to go up and gave me the pat and started running up the steps. So, mm. yeah. I had a lot of questions about all that, but I don't have a lot of answers for a lot, all that. It was a fairly quick exchange, but you asked <laughs> if I ran like, into any what, famous people, what, and so there what, you go. What happened? <laughs> they ran into you. That's what I'd say. That's it. That's it. Um, did you, you did you touch the garment, the hem of his garment, or anything like that? <laughs> You know, I'm not, I can't remember. Maybe I pat him on the back. I don't, I don't know. It, we'll find out with my preaching to see if it's gotten noticeably better. If it, if it has, then I probably touched them in his garment. That's right. That's right. Well, I am just glad that you guys are able to be down there. And uh, I know it's a busy time, but sometimes it's nice to have a little extra time with the family and just conversate as you meet some guys. Hopefully you can connect with other SBCers yep. in the SBC world. Yeah, for yeah, and, uh, a good great amount of people. Convention Baptists. Great uh, Commission Baptists. <laughs> great convention. It is a great convention. It is a great convention. Uh, but yeah, and huge uh, shout out to our church. If, I don't know how many people from our church actually listen. I encourage them not to listen, just in case I say something bad. <laughs> but you really, you really encourage them don't listen. No, they they're like, oh yeah, so you had a podcast. I'm like, yeah, trust me, there's better podcasts to listen to. So don't don't feel like you have to listen to that. 
So that's kind of how I go about it. But um, Which our, then our, totally makes them tune in. Maybe. Who knows? But our church was kind enough to send us. Um, and yes. so they've, they've taken care of this. And that was a huge gift. Um, Danielle and I were planning on driving. And um, one of the guys at our church who helps oversee finances, like, was pretty adamant about, no, man, like, you guys do not have to drive, take the stress mm. off, get in a plane, go. Take a bus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, take a Greyhound. Huge, huge thank nice. you to the congregation. <laughs> so thank you guys, if any, any of you are listening. Way to go, uh, Congregation of Citizens Church, and to just encourage and bless your pastor. That is very much needed. And uh, yeah. Very All appreciated. Right. Well, with that, thank you guys for listening. As always, you can uh, connect with us more if you Google simpletheology.org. Find our website, find all our links, connect with don't, us in amazing Google, different ways. Don't listen just, to Rick. Just, don't, don't Google If you can go on a Yahoo <laughs> and just have yeah. a Yahoo. Uh, ask Jeeves. <laughs> is, just, Bing, just, is Bing still around? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just type in civiltheology.org into your... Go on to that. Yeah. What's, uh, what are, what's the, like an, another really old one? Oh. AOL. AOL had their oh, yeah. thing for a while. MSN. Anyway. Search, yeah. um, no, but you can go to simpletheology.org. You can email us, um, info at simpletheology.org. We're on the socials. Love to hear and connect with you guys. And until next time. Peace. peace.